Hello and welcome back to the What The Folk Sunland preview show. It has been a funny old week in the world of Sunland as we all shed tears of joy watching Sunland till I die season three on the back of a fantastic weekend win only for it all to come crashing down as we put in our worst performance of the season and lose 1-0 to Huddersfield on Wednesday. As always though, in Sunland world there is a weekend match that could fix it all or make it just 10 times worse. Uh, to join me as always when we have Birmingham on here, we have Tommy from Blues Focus. Tommy, how do you mate? You okay? Very good, man. Apologies if I sound a bit sniffly throughout this. There's a cold going around and I've seemed to have caught it. It's fine. Can can a person <laughs> from the Midlands sound any deeper than they need to? We won't notice the difference. <laughs> we sound like Tommy Shelby at this point, don't I? <laughs> a little bit, mate. Yeah, I do want to say that. But, um, <laughs> uh, there's obviously tons to dig into and look, Tony Mowbray is going to be on the agenda, don't worry. But we're holding it back and we're holding it back so we can get people through the first 15 minutes at least. So... Let's start from the top. We lost 1-0 on Wednesday night. You won 1-0 on Tuesday night. Um, how was the result and how was the performance against Blackburn? Well, uh, the performance was like really good. I think um, a lot of people were expecting the similar performance to Sheffield Wednesday uh, lost to them on uh, uh, Friday night. And it was an evening game, if I do remember it now. Um, which we were like shocking in, really, to be honest. Um it just didn't have much of anything really to cheer about. And, you know, the performance against Blackburn was much better, improved uh, since went there, Sheffield Wednesday. Um, we just have had the similar issues we've been facing in front of goal all season, that the fact we just can't find the back of the net. We've had about, honestly, how many chances we had that night. It was honestly ridiculous. But, like, everybody just seems to be, like, so uh, intrigued to get in on goal that when they do finally get in there, they just, they hack at it and they slice it away and everything. And like, there were so many chances us um, on uh, Tuesday night where the ball just flew over the top of the bar. It's like, I'll oh, just take your time, you know, place it properly. Tyler Roberts, who's been injured for most of the season, has come back and he seemed a little bit, he, he has seemed eager to get a goal and he had a couple of great chances that night and he just took them way too excitedly and they just flew over the top of the bar or dragged them wide or whatever so I thought the performance was great and to get the goal was massively important for our season um, I do think we are in a bit of a relegation scrap I know some people uh, would beg to differ um, and I, I think we can definitely escape it and I think we will to be honest but um, the simple matter of fact is if we can't find the back of the net then we will be in a relegation battle really as simple as that really Looking at the, the results I think you touched on a couple of them there prior. I watched the, or at least watched the highlights of the West Brom game and I felt like there's about 40-odd chances there, but you lose it. That's a derby defeat. I know it's not your big derby, but it's a derby. Um, Chef Wed away, based on their position, is never a good result, especially when you're kind of hovering above that relegation mm-hmm. zone. But then, you know, you come into a midweek win against Blackburn, who are a decent enough side. Um, how good is that going to be for the overall morale of the team? Because it's the it's the age-old cliche, isn't it? But three points fixes everything, I think. Mm. No, it is. Yeah, I completely agree with that because had it been another draw or a defeat, God forbid, honestly, because they had a late chance as well to have equalised, um, that would have really dampened it again, you know. And that's the thing, you know, when you're around the bottom of the Championship, whenever you're in the Championship, really, a win is a win. And they are hard to come by, particularly for a team like us, you know. Like, we don't win very often, really. Um, I think throughout the entirety of 2023, for all the games that we went to, I think we saw them win 11 times. So the 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 amount of times we see them win is like 
shockingly bad, really. Um, and that's taking over two seasons, by the way. So that was the end of 22-23 season and the start of the 23-24 season. So we really don't win in enough games. So one win is really getting us out of the battle. It's uh, put us six points clear of the drop now where it could have been one. Had results not gone our way on Saturday. Um, but I think it remained at two or three. We must be one of those. Yeah, three. Um, and then obviously with the win on Tuesday night, that's obviously set us up for a better uh, Saturday. Um so yeah, I think the morale would be good. It's going to be a sold out game. The owners have really pushed for it to be a sold out game. Um, we haven't had one since 2019 when we last played the Villa. Um, so it's really like one of those occasions where it would be great if we can win, you know. Um, I think we can really get the boost of the team going back. Um, and really, like that's the thing at the Championship, really. like You lose a couple of games and you're the worst team in the league. You win, the, you win a few games and then you're back up into eighth and seventh really so it's how the end of the season can be really and I'm hoping for a couple of wins on the bounce um, just to try and push us away from the relegation zone really it's a stupid league I love it but it's a stupid league <laughs> it really um, is. it's just it's just you can fly between seventh and seventeenth at the drop of a hat it's stupid mm. um, things have changed dramatically for Birmingham and also for Sunderland to be honest but before we touch on Mowbray which of course we're going to dig into I think that's probably the most important topic to be fair um, I do need to dig into a little bit what came before him I think last time we spoke Wayne Rooney was the head coach obviously and he was coming into our game where we won 3-1 on the back of um, a 2-2 draw with Ipswich and you thought well you know maybe you know maybe that's something a good result Ipswich are doing really well as it was he gets beat 3-1 um, he replaced John Eustace it was a bizarre move in many ways there's some sort of reasoning behind it but Long story short, Rooney was under pressure almost from like the get-go. And, and due to that, he pretty much lost his job because he couldn't get them going in those 15 games. We're sort yeah. of five <laughs> weeks on from his sacking. It's kind of weird because I'm asking you to sum up an entire time of 15 games, which is not really much time. But when you look back on that appointment of Rooney and his spell as manager, how do you look back on it to begin with? And at what point did it become untenable? And, and kind of you thought, well, you know what? It is only 15 games, but it has to go. Yeah. Um, I think it was a very snap decision to appoint him. I think it was also a very snap decision to sack him as well because he had had his, obviously, he had his critics and everybody was on his back. Uh, but I think it all suddenly sunk in when we all joined in together at Leeds when we were 3-0 down. We ditched, oh, that game was awful as well. It was New Year's Day. Um, we were expecting at least something, you know, like a couple of chances. We had nothing. It looked like the players had given up. We were stood around literally just letting the Leeds fans rip the piss out of us. Um, and we just thought, well, that's it. You know, 15 games, that's it. You know, we won him out. And the owners, in fairness to them, they got rid of him. Um I don't, I don't really think, in hindsight, it is much of his fault, to be honest. Um, I think he was bad at man management, and I think his uh, skills in that really suffered the team. Because um, clearly, like immediately, there was just rumours flying around that all the players were just unhappy. Um, he was changing things about the team that didn't really need to be changed. Um, and I think, as well, he obviously suffered a bit from coming in from a manager who was well liked by the players and the fans and everybody and the staff around him as well um who i don't know really it's it's it is difficult to sum up 15 games because there were some good performances in that, those games and 
I do look at some of those performances and think, well, yeah, you can definitely say the players are to blame for that. But also, again, you can't say to you can't say that Rooney particularly managed those players very well because to come out in your second press conference um, so after your second game in a press conference uh, and say all the players they're all terrible, you know, they all need sacking off by the end of the window, you know, I think that was against Hull. It was like you, you're two games in, you've changed the system completely. And now you're having to go at them for it. You know, it's like you've got to work your way better into a relationship with your players like that. Fair enough, they've had a bad game. Bad two games, to be fair, at the start of this um, time of Blues. But coming into an environment where you already know that you're not particularly well welcomed into an environment by the fans or the players, you've got to be, you know, you've got to be kind to those type of things, you know. But I think like, and not to jump ahead really or anything, but like with Mowbray, he just got that immediately. You know, he he knew, he read the room brilliantly and I just don't think Rooney did, you know. And I think the football he was trying to get us playing isn't too dissimilar from what Tony Mowbray is trying to get us to play now, really. So I think he just he just read the situation wrong and was perhaps a little bit too stubborn to um to um to adapt to anything and really that was the real downfall of it all and the losses just added to that and we wanted him out at the end of it. Looking back to when we last played and I said before things had really changed and like that they really have because obviously Mowbray was in the opposite <laughs> dugout, Wayne Rooney was there and things like that as well. But I remember watching the game and like with all due respect to Birmingham, I remember thinking, oh bloody hell, like this is only going to go one way. This is going south. This is, mm. this is going to be, and I've never felt like this with Sunderland because Sunderland tend to do a Sunderland but I kind of knew Bellingham was going to score straight off the like straight off oh, the yeah. bat. I knew we were going to win relatively comfortably, even when I think we went one 0 down in that game, or it was one one in that game. I kind of always felt one one, yeah, one one. So it was. That's right. I always felt we were going to come out of that with a win because I just felt there was disconnect there um, with Rooney, the fans, and the team. And I think, mm. annoyingly, fast forward a few months, and I, I do actually see similarities with Michael Beale's appointment at Sunderland, especially sort of a few weeks back. And I seem to remember that, like we touched on before, there were small spells where Rooney looked like he may have sort of started something. I don't know what, yeah. but something. Mm -hmm. But then he'd just have a poor defeat. And I think I'm looking at our weekend game against Plymouth and it's probably the best we performed. And I thought, you know, maybe he's cracked this. Maybe I was wrong with 1-3-1. Really good football. Um, second half was, was excellent from us. And then you go and put in the worst performance of the season sort of last night. And while it's not all on Michael Beale, I think, you know, the players were underperforming last night against Huddersfield. There is similarities between it. So I don't mm. know if you can know the answer. You won't know the answer to this because I don't think there is one, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, how can Michael Beale sort of avoid that Wayne Rooney curse of just never really getting a run of games together and never really building that connect between fans? Like, what's the most important thing he can do to ensure that the disconnect isn't totally ripped apart in the same way that Rooney and Birmingham were? I think one way he can try and solve it is by playing what the fans want. Um, because I don't, I, I haven't watched the Huddersfield game or anything, but I, I assume from what I can really pick up with a lot of uh, discontented Sunderland fans is really that the football's not great and you're losing where if the football's great and you're losing still, at least you've got some entertainment value from that. Um, and we had that lose-lose situation with Rooney. You know, the football was slow, lethargic, and the atmosphere was suffering because of it. And then we lost 2-0 to Hull. We lost 1-0 to Middlesbrough. We went on a terrible run of 
awful game sliding down the division. It's like if the football was fast counter-attacking, we had chances up the other end of the pitch and, you know, back and forth and everything, missed a couple of chances, we score a like winner, then it would be exciting because we've had seasons like that before. We've all had seasons like that before where it's been exciting, but we lose and you feel like, oh, we should have won that game. But it, you still feel frustrated with it, but there's nothing that you feel like the entertainment value and you're worthwhile for going and everything. But like, I think the thing is, and not to take it into a more wider context, but I think the thing is with modern football is the fact that it's such a business nowadays that people have forgotten it's sport and the fans don't really care about the business side of things, you know? And I think the great thing about uh, with like Leeds, for example, and Bielsa was the fact that he was like so it, uh, willing to do it his own way and the fans loved it because of it you know and they've suffered from it since um, they are on the rise again with Farker but that, that's the thing like if they play the football that they want to watch and they lose the game 4-3 or whatever then there's not really that much of a discontent really between the fans and the players and everything and when we've had seasons like that before it's been absolutely great but I don't know I think a lot of teams at the moment are suffering from this sort of similar mindset that they've got to play good football play safe football almost and the fans just aren't interested in this and I'm not interested in this and some of the best football that I've watched at the Blues has been like some of the worst football you know but that's not really that matters really as long as it's fun and the atmosphere is going and everything we're having chances then I think that's one thing that Michael Beale could do that I don't know maybe he's not doing at the moment yeah I, I agree um Although the football is really good on Saturday and I don't want to play it's all blame on him. Yeah, the football is not anywhere near as exciting as it was under Tony Mowbray. And I don't want to be mm. revisionist. I felt it was maybe Tony's time up or was getting to that point just before he was sacked, the Saturday before he was sacked, actually. Um, but there's a lot of Sunderland fans listening to this that will say, well, I prefer to watch Tony Mowbray's team miss about 40 different chances than Michael mm. Beale's just really create nothing. But... Um, I have mentioned him a few times, so let's get on to it. Um, looking <laughs> at the new boss, you know, someone we know, and I think someone we we love, to be honest, and someone we know very well, did a fantastic job for us. Although, yeah, maybe a little bit not perfect at the end in some ways, um, but the yeah. football was always brilliant. And I've got to say it was some of the best football I've ever seen um, whilst I've supported on, and I include the Phillips and Quinn days in that. Um mm genuinely gorgeous to watch from a, a aesthetically pleasing point i just wish we had a center forward half the time and it might have been even better <laughs> but um yeah. that can be really hard to replicate like you have a style but replicating it can be really difficult because a sometimes you don't have the players b sometimes it just doesn't work c whatever other reason but i was looking at some of the stats between your last four games before Mowbray came in and the four games afterwards or his last four games sorry should i say now when i'm looking at his four games before his appointment, you had an average of nine shots per game on, um, not on target, sorry, just nine shots per game. Not looking at on target, just nine shots per game, weirdly. 42.75% possession. But in your last four games under Mowbray, you've had 18.75 shots per game and 52.5% possession. So results mm. haven't been perfect. But how much more have you enjoyed watching Birmingham City under Uncle Tony? Oh, absolutely. It's been such a breath of fresh air, um, perhaps because of Rooney, which is a little bit disappointing for him, I suppose, um, which probably would have always been the case regardless of who we'd have got in. Um, but the stats don't lie, really. You know, we have been playing more exciting football. We've had more of the ball. Um, we've been good on the attack as well, I think. Um, 
I mean, the the run of games where we played um, uh, Leicester, Sheffield Wednesday. Um, I can't remember who was before that. Now it was oh, somebody else. There was a little bit of a bit of the, bit in the form there where it was a bit like, oh, are we gonna are we gonna make much of this? You know, but I I honestly like the the um, the Leicester game in the first half was absolutely amazing. Like how we didn't score, I have absolutely no idea, but. I think I don't even know it's like the football isn't that different really from the two managers it is just like as I say like I just think that he knows how to connect with people better than Rooney did um, and he knows how to connect with the fans as better than Rooney did and Rooney just looked like he was out of his position really and out of his depth and Mowbray obviously has got that connection with players and with you can make that with fans as well despite being the old West Brom manager as well um, but I, I don't know it, it's a it's it's kind of a phenomenon really it's not really that evidence in front of our eyes it's just like Tony Mowbray's here I like him he, he comes across nice in his interviews he's honest he's um, honest in a good way not honest in Rooney's way where he was just calling out the players and everything Um it's a strange one, and I can't really put my finger on what I actually quite like about it all, really. But there is something there that Rooney didn't have, and with Mowbray, like the results on the pitch are just pretty similar to Rooney at the moment. Obviously, he's got more wins than Rooney has um, in his short spell here. But yeah, it's it's a tricky one to try and put your finger on. I don't know the same about you guys, really, with Sunderland and everything. But I just imagine you probably have had the same sort of like well, Tony Mowbray, so I quite like him. Yeah, he just. I think from a Sunderland perspective, and again, I don't want to be a revisionist. I said after the Millwall game, which was his final game, maybe it's time to move on and go to the next mm. step. I think if I knew it was going to be Michael Beale, I might have just kept him. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I think Tony Moore was just a really experienced player, really likable person, kind of like your granddad, really easy like yeah. that you want to play for. I mean, I've seen his first interview for um, Birmingham when he's chatting about the, the food, and he's just mm. like, oh, Champions League level, like food at this place and I was just like <laughs> there's something really lovable about him and something that's quite freeing about him and it's funny you, you talk about that Leicester game now we lost 3-0 for some mm. fans who weren't aware it's an FA Cup game we went to Leicester and played some of our best football all season and really should have got a draw from it missing a striker but that's the tail of the season I was looking at the stats which were included in the stats I had before from that uh, Leicester game you had 19 shots at Leicester at Leicester not at home against Leicester six of them on target Um and pass accuracy of 79%. That's like losing 3-0. That is more brave ball all over. Mm, um, I know, yeah. But it's Leicester. Leicester are a really good team. And I suppose that's got to give you... I think when you were talking before about before, you saying it's not that different to what it was under Rooney. And I can kind of understand that. I think they have a similar ethos. One's got miles more experience and a much better personality with the media. But I suppose performances like that and having someone who you can really bond with and connect to which maybe Sunderland don't 100% have at the moment with Beal, makes it a bit easier to support and get behind and connect with, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I think the players, you can just see immediately that they just connect with Mowbray more. Um, I think what the Blues were trying to do when they appointed Rooney, um, which sort of put me into a bit of a little bit of a lull, I suppose, was the fact that they took pictures of Rooney around in the training sessions and everything and they only posted like pictures of him that were like smiling with the players and everything it was kind of like yeah we've got rid of our manager that all the players liked and we've got a manager in now who's just 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 getting along and I'm sure they probably were but it was like 
they were trying to reassure themselves about the decision that they'd made. But with Mowbray, as soon as he came in, there was very little of that, really. Like, he was just like, everybody knew they were just going to get along with him. It was like with Rooney, though, it was like, are we going to get along with him? Is this going to be right? You know, obviously it was a test and I, I'm not denying that had it have worked, it would have been a stroke of genius, you know, because who wouldn't want to play for Wayne Rooney? You know, uh, uh, England, uh, England's former greatest goal scorer and United's greatest goal scorer, you know, you would want to play for him. And if he was up towards the top of the championship and he said, you want to come play for the Blues with Rooney in charge, you go probably, yeah, you know, I probably would, but it just didn't work out that way. So, I think they just sort of realised that we need somebody like a Mowbray to come in and steady the ship. And in reality, I think that they just realised, ah, this is probably more of the way we need to go anyway, because he connects with the players. He definitely connects with the fans. And there's just something about him that's likeable towards other people as well. And Rooney was an experiment, but it just didn't work, unfortunately. I think when you look at both appointments from Sun's perspective, and again, this is hindsight, and hindsight's a wonderful thing, I think, Birmingham and Sunderland have both taken risks that one may work out still. Um, mm. Birmingham's obviously didn't, and as you say, safe pair of hands that come in. But one player that I'm almost 100% confident is going to be great for you, and it makes me sad to say it. Um, I was a big, big fan of him. You brought over a former Sunderland favourite in January in terms of Alex Pritchard, 30-year-old, uh, which in Sunderland terms means 45, because we only play 22-year-olds these days. Um <laughs> He's going to be missing on Saturday, which I'm really pleased about. I'm not going to lie. Like, that's a good thing. And he's only played 45 minutes of football so far. Um, so probably far too early to judge. So I'll, I'll sort of double barrel this question if you prefer. What were your impressions from that 45 minutes and what did you make of the signing? Oh, the signing's fantastic. I think the business that we've done so far in this season has been absolutely excellent, really. Um, we've gotten a lot of players for a few, bit of a steal, really. I think Ethan Laird at the start of the season, Man United, um, graduates for less than a million I was like I thought we'd loaned him when they first saw the announcements I saw we got him for like 750k I was like what that's amazing that is and it's the same with Pritchard really you know we got him for an absolute steal um, obviously I, I, I have um, picked up on Alex Pritchard before obviously when he played for Sunderland um, big fan of his very tidy player very good on the ball um, I think his performance against West Brom on um, a couple of games ago um was okay. I don't think that the full team were really quite together that day. Um, we had a bit of a mess up with the ticketing, I think. Cause no, I think. I, I know we did because I missed out on it. Um, so that was a bit irritating for the fans and everything. Um, I don't know whether it killed the game a little bit though as well because from watching it from home, it just sounded a bit flat and like the proper fans who turn up every week didn't really have like a voice there. So I don't know. I'm, might be reading a little bit into much into that. But um, yeah, I think um, the whole team performance was a little bit rusty, but there again, so were West Brom. I was surprised at how poor they were considering they're a playoff position team now. Um, but I, I liked Pritchard on the ball. I think he just kept it tidy every every bit, every every, every time he got the ball, he was on the turn, um, getting past players. Um, but yeah, I, I'd like to see him come back into the team as soon as possible because I think if we can keep up this... Um, better run of form than we did when he came in. Um, I think that we can definitely fly with a player like him because I like the um, fact that we are taking a chance on some of the more experienced players as well because we've been doing that a little bit lately. And you can just see though, like they've got the confidence and the 
a surety on the ball, you know, and they can they can find better options than younger players can. And as much as I love players like Jordan James and uh, Ramel Donovan, who we saw a little bit as well earlier in the season, I think their time should be um, measured against people who are just as experienced as them. Uh, whereas before, like we didn't have those type of players anyway. So like Jordan James, when he was coming through the team, he was literally our first team player because nobody else was there. And he's obviously stepped up to the task and it was the same with Bellingham when we had him. Um, so it's like, you know, when you have experienced players in there, you've got to just sort of measure how much time they both need. And it just makes for a much better midfield, in my opinion. And we've made some great signings this season. I think um, if they weren't as injured, then um, we'd be uh, up towards the top of the table. I'm absolutely certain of it because they are like absolutely quality. You said a name there, uh, Job. Of course, we've cleverly <laughs> not mentioned him yet because we did, to be fair, the past two shows we've done with... We've gone in depth when we were linked to him and, and then the last show we did as well. But I think mm. what's really interesting about Job just now is I think last time we spoke, he was really banging for him. Um, to be honest, outstanding goal um, on Saturday, one of like like ludicrous. And I rate, I want to reiterate this because I think people think I don't. I rate Job incredibly highly and I think he'll make us so much money and I'll be so sad when he goes. But he's 12 years old. Like he's just turned 18. He's naturally... Yeah gonna be a little bit tired sometimes i know some people say the sports science and the stats indicates it's not the case my eye test says occasionally he just needs to be taken out now and again and making an impact on the bench much like he did on on saturday i have no doubt going into next season he'll be a regular first team starter and one of the first teams on the team sheet for me but as a birmingham yeah. fan it must be hard watching jude bellingham play right because he's the best player in the world however yeah. because of that you probably think well fair enough but then watching Job and scoring goals the way he did, which was very Jude-esque, the one he scored on Saturday, I've got to be honest, it was outstanding. Um, and he has been largely very, very good. I'm having a very minor gripe. I rate him so, so highly. But you mm. sold him was for 1.5 million and he's performing in the championship. Yeah. Is there a level of like, what the hell did we do with that? Oh, yeah. I, I, I've said this countless times before with Jude as well like I know we got 25 million for him but like that just shows like what a club we are really because there's no way in hell there would have been a player like that and you sold him for 25 million you know he's your player as well you come from your academy and it's the same thing with Job it's like we can't even hold on to our own players you know they're all wanting to get out you know but I think we're starting to make a little bit of a u-turn on that sort of thing but like I just looked at Jude in particular and thought well if he was a West Brom player and he was in the Premier League, which they were at that season. They would have sold him for about 150 million then. Like that's the type of business that they would have done. And it's the same thing with Job. And now he's doing well for Sunderland. And like you say, he might have had a bit of a minor dip in form, but like he should still be our player, you know. And in a weird way, so should Jude. In a weird way, but I'm definitely not saying that I wouldn't have taken 25 million. That's for sure. But like we should be in a better position from the players that we create as well, you know, because we've always had a great academy. We've always had great youth players coming through. Um, and I, I think the a little bit of the bitterness amongst some fans, uh, definitely not for me, because I was quite happy to see Job um, go on and do well. I, I kind of expected it. And, you know, when a player does leave, I've not got any bitterness or resent for that or anything. You know, I think it's a bad trait to have in life. Um, so I, I was happy to see him, you know, I wasn't I wasn't happy to see him go, but I wasn't like distasteful of him leaving, uh, which some fans were. But I think it's not really that him 
leaving is the problem. I think it's just like they're sick and tired of just seeing their players just bombed off as usual. And we've had it with players like Nathan Redmond in the past, uh, Jude Bellingham, Damari Gray, Jordan Much, and even some of the other players we've got from other clubs like Che Adams. Like We just can't keep hold of them. As soon as they're good, they're out the door. And I'm absolutely certain with certain players like Jordan James, come the end of the season, he's going to be gone. Um, and whoever, you know, performs better for us, you know, it's just going to be the straight out the door and we're still going to be in 17th every single season. So it's like, there's no change really. I think that's the type of frustrations that um, people were experiencing with Joe is because, not because they dislike him, which I think was sort of the vibe they gave off, which I think they really need to be careful about because we've got a good connection with the Bellingham family as a club. Um and I, I wish them both extremely well, you know, and I think some fans perhaps perhaps got the wrong end of the stick with that um, when they were talking about him particularly. Um, but yeah, he's a great player. He will be fantastic. He will definitely be towards the top end championship quality and I'm absolutely certain he'll be Premier League quality. I don't know how high he can go. Um, I know obviously Jude will be the best player in the world one day. Um, it's just obviously written. Um and if he played, was played properly in an England team, then we would win the Euro. You would, we would win the Euros. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things, really. That um, yeah, I think fans were just frustrated with where we were as a club, not really with where he was going, because we knew he was a great player. And if he was still with us this season, he would be performing like that, if not better, because he's in front of his own fans, really. Yeah, I love him. Um, and I think Jude's already the best player in the world. And both of them I like even more because I had them on both to score last week and they made me a tidy little bit of money, which is very nice of them. <laughs> um, so, yes, very big fan of both. Um, final question, as always. I can't even remember. I forgot last week's right. I think I got it wrong. Um, predictions. I've got a bit mm. better past few weeks. Um, but I've also been more negative, which I don't know what that means. Uh, more negative, more results, right? I'm a bit weird. But I do think we'll annoyingly get done 1-0 this week. Um, mm. And I think it'll be one of those frustrating ones where we probably should win or get a draw out of it, but we miss countless chances and then somebody scores later on. But are you feeling the same way, but the opposite way around since football fans are naturally quite pessimistic, <laughs> I think? Yeah, I think football fans are mostly pessimistic. I was feeling a bit pessimistic on Tuesday night after we'd just been beat by second bottom Sheffield Wednesday. So... um I don't know though. It's when we go on good runs of form, they do stick for quite a while. So I don't know. We are we we can be we can be anything as a football club. We can go on ten games without a win, ten games a win streak. Um, we can go up, down, up, down in terms of form and everything. Um, but I think depending on what the atmosphere is going to be like, which I think it will be quite good, um, considering it's a sold out ground. Uh, ground. I think it will be. I said the thing is, I can't see us not. Um, conceding um, uh, sorry actually I can't see us no that, I did say that right I can't see us not conceding uh, which why I was, I was quite surprised with on Tuesday night and how poor Blackburn were in front of goal so I think it'll be a 2-1 to Blues because I think we can capitalise on the Tuesday night game and with it being a sold out ground and at home and you know Mowbray's uh, coming back to play Sunderland I think is Job in the team is he to yeah, play. yeah, he should be. He played yesterday. Uh, came off the bench on Saturday. He played really well, but he's he's generally a, a starter most weeks. Yeah, I, I one thing I really don't uh, wish I wish doesn't happen is that he gets booed because I think that's one thing that 
some fans might do. I definitely won't be doing it. Uh, particularly if you watch my blog, I might actually condemn those who say it. Um, I think it's incredibly wrong to do something like that just because you left for a for a different team, really. You know, so I, I don't know what's going to happen with that. So um, I really hope that it doesn't happen. But if it does, then that's going to be poor from us. But um, yeah, I think um, I think a two-one blues. I'm not entirely sure who's going to score because I wouldn't have predicted that Dizel was going to score on Tuesday night. Um, first goal for him and everything so yeah I think 2-1 Blues I'm quite optimistic for this one if Pritchard was fit we could both guarantee that Pritchard would be on the score sheet but uh, <laughs> Tommy thanks as always mate uh, I wish you zero luck the coming weekend but all the luck afterwards and uh, please look after Uncle Tony for us because we do miss him and we do love him oh, yeah we all do man yeah we'll, we'll give him a good home the Blues <laughs> thank you very much 